Welcome to Hancock Conversations, an Allen Hancock College podcast. Join President Dr. Kevin G. Walters and members of the Hancock community as they explore the stories behind the people and places that make Allen Hancock College the unique hub for learning that it is today. You're sure to learn something new and even have a little fun along the way. Welcome to Hancock Conversations. I'm Kevin Walters, Superintendent President here at Allen Hancock College. On today's podcast, we have with us three student leaders, uh, starting with Anna Rosas Pacheco, our student trustee, David Bautista, and Francisco Avila, who are both student ambassadors. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you Thanks so for much for having, having us. us. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having us. Uh, so it's uh, it's always exciting when uh, when when students are engaged and and we uh, we get a chance to uh, let them share their stories. Uh, so we're going to start off with uh, um, letting each one of the students uh, give a little history, like tell us where you went to high school and what your major is and what you hope to do uh, after you leave Hancock. So we'll start with Anna. Go ahead, Anna. Hi everyone. My name is Anna Rosas. I'm the student trustee. Before I came to Hancock, I graduated. Um, Santa Maria High School in 2018, so I've been here for three years. I went after finishing my um, associate's degree here at Hancock. I plan on transferring to Fresno and pursuing my bachelor's in criminal justice and hopefully a minor in behavioral science. Thanks, David. Tell us uh, your uh, your plans. Hey everyone, uh, my name is David Bartisa Gonzalez. I'm currently in my second year at Hancock, and I graduated in 2019 from the Central Coast New Tech High. It's a school in Napomo. Uh, currently, I'm not sure where I want to attend when I transfer, but I'm looking into Cal Poly and Sonoma. Those schools are pretty interesting to me. And there I want to pursue a business degree and possibly minor in psychology. I'm looking into either becoming, uh, helping with uh, human resources or either creating a, a nonprofit as a career choice. Nice, very good. Francisco. Hello, um, my name is Francisco Avila Estevez. I'm, I'm a freshman here at Hancock after graduating from Piner Valley High School. And so like, um, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure like what I want to pursue in life. However, I am currently majoring in engineering. So I'm uh, pursuing a field in that. I, um, like, I'm only interested in the best schools. And so like, my aspirations are high. I'm, I'm, my goal is to go to Stanford. Like after I graduate, or actually after I um, get my associate's degree to transfer. Nice. That's very good. So, uh, now, David, are, are you actually from Napomo, or are you one of the, the Santa Barbara County guys that went up to uh, New Tech? No, I'm actually from Napomo, but uh, the year I, I came here at Hancock, I moved to Santa Maria with my aunt. Oh, nice, nice. So, uh, so we know Anna and Francisco, then. You guys are promise students, correct? Yes, we are. Oh, I am. So... So Anna, tell us tell us what uh, how you learned about the promise and what that meant for you uh, coming to school. Yeah, so my the year that I graduated was the first year that the promise started. So I think that my graduation year was like the first generation of the promise. We I think a lot of that went we found out about it because they would go to our campus and advertise it. And I think a lot of us decided to come to Hancock because of it. Uh, you know, oh, Santa Maria has been a very high population of Hispanics, um, and you know, coming from like p- parents that work in the farms or like work in any other type of outside work, I feel like it's harder for us to, you know, 
pursue like a higher education just because we don't have the resources. So when we found out about the promise, I think that that inspired us to, you know, continue our education and seeing that we did have resources and that there were things out there for us. Awesome. Uh, Francisco, tell us uh, tell us about uh, the how you got to know about the promise program and what uh, what it meant for your family. So my story is pretty similar to uh, Anna's. Uh, it was promise was always advertised to us by our counselors, by our by our teachers. I'm sorry, and also by my parents. You know, um, my parents also like uh, field workers, like most of their lives. You know, uh, you know my that's that's also my motivation. You know, my how hard my parents work uh, to give us a good life, and so like I'm just trying to aspire to that. So yeah, and basically a pretty similar story in terms of um, knowing the promise. Uh, being a promised student. Great, great. So um, we're gonna we're gonna change your. I, I told you guys an order a minute ago, and now I've got new questions. So uh, we'll change a little bit. David, you've been uh, a student ambassador. Tell us a little bit about you know what you do as a student ambassador and and, and what you're doing for your uh, fellow students in the community. Yeah. So uh, as Kevin said, President Walters, I am a student ambassador, and it's a pretty uh, awesome job just because you work on campus. And before uh, COVID-19, a lot of my duties were outreach. So we would do uh, help at certain events, whether that be on or off off campus. Um, Essentially the way I see it, it's like we're a resource for the students as well as the faculty here. Uh, We kind of know a little bit of everything from each department so we can answer any questions the students have when they need help. Currently with COVID, a lot of us are helping with outreach. You know, we've been calling the local high schools when uh, school started start or started, so we can get more students to sign up for Promise. Um, we're also helping with uh, the food distributions, uh, which are Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, from ten thirty to eleven or ten thirty to one for Tuesdays and Thursdays, and two thirty to four thirty for Wednesdays. So yeah, we do give out community or food to the community and the students which is pretty helpful because during this time of need, you know, everybody can use a little help here and there. Yeah. And, you know, our, our, our food share program has been so successful. It's been, uh, I want to say it was 36,000 cars have gone through our food share just since the end of March. And uh, that represents more than 163,000 people in our community. So you guys are changing the odds for the families in our communities in a way that's, that's tremendous. So um, we're, we're grateful for that. Francisco, have you been working on the food share as well? Uh, yes, I have actually. And so I am a um, like first year student ambassador. I just recently got accepted to become one, like at the beginning of this month actually. And so it's been it's been like really really um, like hard for me, especially like like uh, schedule wise, just because I have so many other responsibilities. However, however, like I do it because like I want to help the community. Uh, as David was talking about the food share, that's that's the only thing I've been exposed to. However, um, I've been putting in like my best efforts to like um, and get every single car going. You know, it's been really really fun, especially uh, meeting all the people, all the all the fellow my fellow student ambassadors. They are really really uh, enjoyable people. People who like to have fun. People who like to talk. Right. And, like, and me being an outgoing person, I fit in in that in that category. Perfect. So Anna, now you're you're our student trustee, which uh, 
I mean, you're at the board meetings and you take part in uh, uh, helping the board set policy. What, what, what have you learned by being a student trustee? Wow, that's a good question. I've learned that there's a lot behind the scenes that the students don't see that are getting done for them. And there's like a lot of things that they, as, as the board of trustees, they need to do in order for um, the students to have the resources or the students to have, you know, be, be able to be treated the same. We, um, in the beginning of my year as a student trustee, we discussed about, you know, we looking at our policies and making sure that everybody was being like equalized and that everybody was, you know, getting the same treatment. So I've learned that you guys do care. And as maybe like a, you know, student with not being involved in school, you might sometimes feel like they, the people here aren't for you or they're not here to serve you, but they are, they really do care. And up behind the scenes, they're really working to, you know, have you guys be successful. Yeah. I think one of the nice things about our board is, is they're, you know they they're engaged in what's going on on campus, but you know they 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 like to let our faculty, our staff, and our students do what needs to be done. They they know that they don't have to be here every minute of the day, and it makes for a nice uh, makes for a nice campus climate. And, and you're right, a lot of times the the students don't even know you know why they get you know certain kinds of financial aid or the emergency fund or those those kind of projects. And it's really because the board of trustees is willing to support all of those programs. So. Um, I'm going to ask you each what you think about, you know, what our, our enrollment's obviously down and, and students are struggling to come to class and even the ones who are enrolled are struggling with their classes. So I want to ask each of you just to kind of tell me what you're hearing from your fellow students or from, or from people you know who were in school and aren't right now and maybe give us a sense of, of, of you know, what are the barriers that uh, some of them are facing. And Anna, we'll, we'll start with you uh, for that question. Yeah, um, I think that the main thing is, of course, being online. And I think that struggle is there because it's harder to concentrate at home. You have, you know, your, your, you have internet, you have Netflix, you have TikTok, you have like social media. It's easier for us to get distracted just because we're not in the class setting and have like our professor in front of us, you know, looking at us, teaching us, or like, you know, like putting us putting us out there if they see us, you know, being on our phones and getting distracted. And that's like the one of the things that I've heard a lot from my fellow students. They all say they get distracted because, you know, they have so many temptations at home or they just can't focus or maybe their life environment isn't what it should be. And they just been struggling trying to keep up with like the pace of online and, and some say that their teachers are even harder on them now because they expect more from them and I think that's really like wow like you know teachers are really out here they, they do help us and stuff but it's I think it's a good and a bad thing that they have higher expectations for us because they do make us want to push ourselves but then there are students right now that are having a very difficult time and just having that pressure may increase you know the reason why they either want to stop coming or they want to take the semester off and I think that's also one of the reasons why students did take a semester off because they they knew or they felt like they weren't going to be able to, you know, complete their classes. David, what are you hearing? Yeah, but uh, I've actually been hearing and, and experienced um, a lot of what Anna was saying, but I've actually been talking with my sister and my mom just because I feel, because my sister right now, she's a senior, so she went on that transition from going in person and then online. And same thing about mom, she's currently taking her GD classes with the non-credit, and this is her first time taking any sort of class. and. Pretty much the whole premise was like 
you know, one of the things I like about Hancock is very resourceful. There's a lot of great resources for the students. However, with the transition with online classes, although a lot of those resources were kind of cut short or how to adapt. And one of the things I'm seeing is that a lot of students are not using those resources to their advantage just because they think it's going to be different. I think the only difference is that you're not really meeting in person. You know, I've used the resource with the math center and, you know, they're able to help me with my homework and same thing with the writing center. Like they're there to help, but I feel like a lot of the students are not, or have told me that they're not really using the resource because they feel like they need that one-to-one person. And another thing that Anna touched on was, you know, easily being distracted because it's so easy to sit down, you know, log into Zoom and then just go on your phone and, I really, at least for me, I really need to be like in a classroom and I'm sure others can agree with me with this to really motivate me and keep me focused because looking at the screen all day, I already do that with my phone. So with the addition with the laptop, it's really a lot. So I really need to look at a whiteboard and I need my professor in front of it. And a lot of students have mentioned that to me. Yeah, I think that, that we're hearing we're hearing a lot of that kind of uh, comment that, that students want to be able to interact directly not over a screen so so francisco what uh what, what are you hearing or what are you seeing on around campus for for the semester you know there's a lot of um a lot of things that david and anna covered already from struggling like uh, to be focused you know and needing a professor in front of them to be um, motivating them to actually do the work uh, i've heard a lot of those um, experiences you know but definitely like um one of the things that like is uh like really really affects the um these students it's just the, their personal um, their personal lives in that because we're in the, in the middle of a pandemic, you know, maybe some of their family members um, lost their jobs or um, or actually contracted the virus themselves. And so they're, they're always like worried and all that. So mostly um, so some students do experience that, do have to like deal with that. And uh, that's really one of the one of the, the key things that is like developed over the over this uh, these couple months. That more more and more uh, cases are being uh, filed, and um, student, like certain students are hurt, are hit harder than the others, and so uh, that constant worry in their in their heads, you know, if they're going to get the virus, if one of their family members is going to get the um, is going to be affected. You know, I got like one of my family members. Well, one of my family mem- members is a nurse, and she's already seen like um, so many like certain family members of students because she um, she she's in contact with or she knows. Like a lot of students that come here to Hancock, and she always hears the uh, the situations they're in, and how they're not able to uh, focus as well in, in class because of that constant worry. Yeah. And uh, I've even had like some of my friends that come to me about that, and talk to me about those uh, their own experiences uh, similar to that. So let's go back to Anna and to see if you guys have suggestions for the the college sends out text messages via Rave, and we use Canvas, and we send out emails. We use Twitter, which I understand none of the kids use Twitter, but uh, we use the Instagram and those kind of things. Is there something else we need to be doing for communication? Is there, uh, what what do you think we need to do to make sure that everybody understands about the resources that are available? I think um, everything I guess we're doing is great. And uh, since I am involved, I constantly check my email because I have to and constantly, you know, have to keep updated, but other students don't. So I feel everything's good. I just would increase how many text messages we get to more because I feel like the 
the way that you guys communicate with us the most is through email, and a lot of students don't check their email. And since they're constantly on the phone, social media, or, you know, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is, the text message pops up on the phone, like, right away, and it, cost, it catches your attention because it's a message. So you are, you know, more driven to, like, clicking on it and reading what it's saying. So I feel like maybe increasing more of those would help. All right. Uh, David? What do you think would help uh, improve some uh, communication? What would make it easier for you and your friends? Yeah, so Anna kind of touched on this, but I feel like a good step forward would be, I mean, you guys already do this, but I probably think what suggests posting more on social media, just for myself, you know, social media is one of the areas in which I get a lot of my information. And I know, for example, I was transferring or I'm gonna transfer and the tag application was posted on social media with the UTC. And that's when I learned there there was an extended due date. So I feel like a good way to connect with at least people around my age is to post on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and just really like try to post it out there because a lot of students can repost it and share with their friends. And another thing would be with emails because I do get a lot of emails from Hancock and they're very informative. But the issue with that is I also get a lot of emails from my professors, from other resources here on campus. So I'm still trying to think of a way to incorporate the emails. I haven't come up with anything. I'm just kind of putting it out there. But I, I really like the emails. It's just at times they can be a lot for yeah, students. That's a lot. That is a, that's a lot. And it, trust me, as, as you get out of school and get going, it doesn't get any better. So, <laughs> Francisco, uh, any any uh, any other thoughts about what would help us make sure we're getting messages out to students a little better? You know. Uh, Anna and David already covered like so much. And so like the only thing I can provide is just like be more uh, communicative, like be more, um, be more, be more like connected between like your friends and your teachers, professors, you know, um, parents as well. Cause uh, at the end of the day, everyone's trying to help you succeed. You know, my, have your professors, even your friends, your parents really do want to see you succeed. And so like um, proper communication, be able to, be able to, being able to ask questions that, that is a skill most people um, uh, forget, forget about, it. you know, being able to ask for help. And uh, I've seen I've seen it so many times, even between my, my own family, where they're too afraid to ask for help. And that's what um, that's what um, leads them down the drain and say and to, for lack of a better term. Interesting. But So, yeah, that's yeah. one that's one advice. One piece of advice I would really, really uh, stress to uh, students to come up to me. You know, don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask a question, you know. Speak to your professor. Speak to your your parents. Speak to your friends. Try to be as informed as possible. I think that's good advice. So let, let's talk about you know we're kind of talking about the struggles of, of, of campus, but let, let let's talk about some of the good things that are going on from a student perspective and 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 the student interaction. And and while we obviously don't get as much, and especially if you're a freshman this year, you're not really getting the sense of, of being on campus, but. Uh, Anna, why don't you start by just giving us an idea of something that you really enjoy that's on uh, uh, about being a college student that's not necessarily going to class. I honestly enjoy meeting people. And what I think is great that we're doing right now is still being able to provide, you know, the spaces for students to come on campus and, con- like, you know, do work from here. And I don't think a lot of them are aware that that the library is open, the the writing center is open, the math center is open. Yes, you have to make an appointment so, you know, they keep their, you know, the social distance in place, but they're still here and they're still open and they're still here to help you and, you know, 
like Francisco said, don't be afraid to ask for help. And I feel like coming here, and that's a great way. And there's also classrooms set up around campus that are open to students to come, you know, be in class here or like do homework here, study here. And I think that's another great way. Although we can like really, you know, talk to each other and stuff. It's good seeing like a, a face or, you know, being able to like, have interaction with other people. I know a lot of people have been like, indoors this whole time. So I think this is another great, you know, especially for a freshman that aren't aware, maybe they can contact somebody else at one of the, you know, locations and, you know, start a connection there and maybe start, you know, seeing how it is when we're not in lockdown and, you know, get the sense of how college really is when, you know, this isn't happening. David, what is uh, what is it you think about being in college? It's, it's nice, especially being here at Hancock. Yeah, that's a good question. So at least I think it's pretty nice how, at least as a student, I'm able to schedule my classes to where like they work with my schedule. Prior to COVID, I felt like I had to go to class. I mean, I'm still going to class, but I had to be in campus and that would interfere with like a lot of my personal life because I would have meetings, I would have to take care of my sister. But now being able to, you know, be in class and still be able to take care of my sister, that's pretty awesome. So it, it really works with me at certain times. And then even with the food distribution, I'm even, I'm better, excuse me, I'm better, I'm even allowed to work here, which is awesome. Because prior, I would always have class on Thursdays and that's when, <laughs> that's when we had the food distribution. So now I'm able to help. So I'm really happy, happy that in a way, everything kind of worked out for me. <laughs> All right. So Francisco, this is your first fall semester on campus, and so you're not maybe not getting the full uh, excitement of you know interacting with students here on campus. But maybe uh, tell us uh, you know something that you that that you've enjoyed this semester as your first full term uh, class has started. You know this and this would be somewhat relatable, but I can sleep in more. <laughs> <laughs> you know um, before. Um, uh, prior to COVID, you know, I scheduled my classes. Like, um, my classes were gonna be like at eight o'clock, but because because of the pandemic, that changed, and so like um, most of the classes are moved forward and forward in a day. So I get to enjoy like actually being able to sleep for now, like compared to um, back in high school when I had to be at school by like seven o'clock. But that's one that's one of the good things about um, being being a college student right now. However, I understand that that may not be the case for some other students. Apart from that, some of the great experiences is actually being able to still work at the campus, you know, like food food distribution and whatnot. That, that's something I've really enjoyed. But again, I understand that not all students do that. But the opportunities are there. The opportunities to, um, to use the resources, like how um, Anna was mentioning, like the writing center, the math center, just with the more limitations, more restrictions. But it's still there after, at the end of the day. It's still there. So, yeah, you kind of sound like my son on that getting up late thing. He's a, he's a high school student and has now figured out that he only has to get up like 10 or 15 minutes before class and throw a ball cap on and turn his computer on. And he's ready to go. uh, he has the right idea yeah exactly so uh well uh i I appreciate you guys coming on let's let's do a little future casting and think about just just as a as a final thing that's a little fun tell us give some thought if you you know when the pandemic's over and they actually allow americans to travel to other countries again let's think about you know where would you like to go so you know if you could if you could pick a place to go for a let's say for a month you can go somewhere for a month where would you like to go and we'll start with anna Ooh, that's a really good question. Something that's been on my bucket list for I don't know how long, but 
I really want to go to the Philippines. And, you know, I've seen pictures and it's so beautiful. Their ocean is so clear. They have so many activities. I That's the one place that I would love to spend a month at. That sounds awesome. David, where would you go if you could go somewhere for a month? I would love to go to Japan just because I feel like it's a very unique and beautiful place there. Their culture is amazing. I can't even fathom about the food. I've seen pictures about the food in Japan, and it looks really, really delicious. So if I had a choice, I would want to go there for 30 days. <laughs> nice. Francisco? You know, the first thought that occurred to me was New York City. How, uh, like, just because, like, uh, how expansive it is, how, uh, like, um, how wide, how huge that area is, like, you'd never be bored, basically. Like, that, that was my first thought. However, just, uh, just like, putting more uh, thought into it i would um, i would love to go see where my um, where my parents grew up in uh, mexico they, they're from uh, oaxaca and so like spending a month there would sound would be really um good for me because like, i can understand where the, their roots come from you know where my family's history comes from and so like especially the food too yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing i'm most excited about so yeah i'd have to i would say my parents hometown in oaxaca mexico nice that that's uh I think he kind of shamed the rest of David and Anna about uh, that, like, go back and check out my roots. That's uh, that's a great answer. Uh, but I can tell you, I've had the good fortune to get to go to New York several times, and, and man, you could spend a month there with no problem. I think all those places you guys said, New York City truly is the greatest city in the world. It's uh, I don't know that I could live there, but, man, I sure like to visit there and just be involved in all the hustle and bustle when, you know, well, back in the day when there was actually hustle and bustle there, so now it's kind of empty. But, well, thank you guys for, for joining us. You know, we talk a lot here at the college about changing the odds. And I feel like, you know, our mission is to change the odds for students just like you. But even more importantly, it, it's so rewarding to see students like you who are changing the odds for your community and for your peers with the things that you're doing. So we're, we're grateful for your service and your leadership. We wish you a great semester and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Thank you for having you. us. Thank you so much. This has been Hancock Conversations with a student trustee Anna Rosas Pacheco and student ambassadors David Bautista Gonzalez and Francisco Avila Estes. Thank you for joining us. Thank you uh, for, for listening in and we look forward to seeing you next time on Hancock Conversations.